2: This is Take 20 with Maddie and Kenzie Ziegler, an iHeartRadio podcast.
4: Hi, everyone. Um, Welcome back. Today is a very special episode. Um, We have Allison Malman on, who is the founder and executive director of Active Minds, which is a nonprofit organization supporting mental health awareness and education for students.
5: Yeah. I mean, we're all going through something. (laughs) I mean, it's a really tough time in the world. So we just wanted to get some advice and, you know, just talk through some of our issues that we're going through.
4: It's going to be fun. Yeah. Hi, Allison. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, We're just so happy to have you here and kind of share some information and knowledge. And yeah, thank you for being here.
3: Well, I'm really, I'm really honored to be able to join you and really happy to that you're having this conversation. It's such a meaningful one. So I'm really glad I can be a part of it. Yeah.
4: Of course. Yeah. I think, I think it's been really interesting um just trying to navigate some anxiety and stress as a teenager. And I know that everyone around the world is going through something, whether it be on a, you know, a huge level, or even if it's minor, everyone is still valid for feeling what they're feeling. And mm-hmm. I think, it's been interesting, but really nice that we've had each other. So um, is there any sort of advice um, you could give about someone, you know, going through anxiety or depression or mental health in general? What would you kind of give advice to about that?
3: Yeah, I, I love the question. And even just how you started it, because I think one of the things that we tend to think is Uh, What I'm going through isn't as bad as what somebody else is going through, or I don't deserve to feel this way, or I have all these things and this person doesn't have this. And I think the most important thing is that whatever you're feeling is real and it's valid and you have every right to feel how you're feeling. And this isn't a competition, right? So it's not like we eat one day, but we know somebody else eats more, so we shouldn't be hungry, like right? right. We're, we're taking care of our own body totally. and our own mind. And so uh, no matter what you're feeling right now, um, if, if it was before COVID and it will be after COVID or certainly when in the middle of this pandemic, it's real and you have every right to feel that way. And I think the thing that, um, we can do best to take care of ourselves, is to talk about it, um, to know that you're not alone in it. And if it's like, you know, it's a, a friend, if it's a, an adult in your life, it's somebody on social, whatever it is, but just to, um, surround yourself with people who you feel like you can open up to and, um, you know, Hopefully and ideally that's somebody in your personal life and you have somebody in your family who is that support, but if not, you know, find your tribe somewhere else and know that you are cared for and people really do want to help and support you. And, um, you deserve to, to feel great and you don't, you deserve to get the support that, that you need. Of course.
5: That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That was really good to hear. Honestly. <laughs> um, I think for me, well, my sister and I both go through mental health issues and, you know, we love to be there for one another. But sometimes it's a little hard to comfort one another because you don't really know exactly what the other one wants, um, even with just friendships or anything. Yeah. What do you think would be the best way to comfort someone in this situation? Do you have any tips on dealing with anxiety with another friend or...
3: Yeah, it's a great question. And I think one of the things that is um, really hard is that we are often afraid that we're going to say the wrong thing. So we don't say anything at all. Mm -hmm. And um, don't worry about that, right? Like it's part of what it means to be a friend is just to be there, even if you don't have the right words. Uh, at Active Minds, we have a tool called VAR—Validate, Appreciate, Refer—and we developed VAR because we realized that sometimes we're in these everyday conversations with everyday struggles, and we just want to know how, how to act and how to react. And so the V is uh, stands for validate—validate um, validate that somebody is um, feeling the way they do. Right? Too often we say like, "Oh, but you don't—you shouldn't feel that way, or you don't have this, or you got this." No, just validate. Like. Yeah, I, I get it. And I, and, um, appreciate, thank you for sharing with me. That must be really hard to be vulnerable like that. Um, and then the R is for refer to resources and support, so, you know, what can we do? How, how can I be here for you? How I, how can I support you? Do you want to call, um, you know, the, the counselor, or can I walk you over to the counseling center? Do you want to go for a run or a walk? What, what feels good and what feels mm-hmm. right to you? Okay. Um, oftentimes what it means in these situations is that we don't have to get to crises before we start um, intervening with someone. It's just about how, how are we a friend? And um, if you sit back and you think, gosh, how would I want somebody to talk to me? That's probably how they want you to talk to them in that moment too. And, and know that when you're struggling or when, when you see a friend or family member struggling, it's really hard to both struggle and reach out for help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't even know that you're struggling and, and oftentimes you know and, and you feel really alone and really feel really isolated. So sometimes the best thing that we can do as a sister or as a friend is to, just to say, you're not acting like yourself. Are you okay? Like, I'm worried about you. Do you want to talk about something? And even if the answer is, oh, no, no, I'm just having a bad day and, and you truly believe it, you've at least opened the door to say like, I'm here for you. And and maybe hopefully that opens something up for somebody who who is having a really hard time and does need to talk about it, but it's really hard to to, to make that first, have that first word. So sometimes the best thing that you can do as the friend is just kind of open up the conversation, recognize that you don't have all the answers and you're not expected to have all the answers, but you can be there as a support and you can help connect your friend or your sister, whomever to the support that that they need, um, whatever that might be.
4: Right. Totally. That is such a huge thing. Like kind of starting those conversations, even if they're a little bit uncomfortable, always usually result, uh, being a positive thing in the end. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we're definitely learning as we go. Um, it's tough. It's, it's really tough communicating as well. It's, it's especially when you, for us being physical, you know, doing dance and whatever, and expressing ourselves through that. And then kind of like when we're not doing that, it's it's been, at least for me, I don't want to speak for Kenzie, but it's been interesting kind of having to emote through my actual like voice mm-hmm. and, and being present there rather than, oh, I'm feeling sad, so I'm going to go dance and I'll feel better, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I was wondering if uh, for people that maybe struggle and how to kind of let go of those feelings, like whether it be going on a run like you said or yeah. driving and listening to music like i'm i'm sure you have some some ways that are good to kind of like let go of all of that
3: yeah i mean you've touched on it right like so much of this is about finding our coping skills i think it's really important to know if you're if you're really having a severe struggle and if you're in a if you're in a depression or you're having a panic attack a, a coping skill isn't going to you know, heal you. So you can't run out a panic attack or you can't, you know, run through a depression. So I want to like, make sure that's clear because, um, oftentimes we, Um, where we grow up like hearing the words of like, oh, you should have done this more. If you exercise more, if you went to church more, whatever it may be, you wouldn't feel this way. No, Mm -hmm. what what we're going through, what you're going through are biological and social kind of constructs that are like part of you and part of your health and well being. At the same time, there are things that you can do to take care of yourself, Mm -hmm. both to like, help offset when it's kind of mild or to help protect yourself so that you don't get to a point of, of really feeling that struggle and whatever that is for you, if it's dance, if it's singing, if it is playing soccer, playing video games, whatever it is that like you can do with balance and for everybody that's different, right? I think that the balance piece is an important piece. You're not going to, you don't want to overdo it. And then, um, you know, hide kind of in a, in a different struggle, but with, with the other piece, but um, everybody has a different thing and let yourself do that thing. If you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling really down, even if you don't feel like doing the thing, you know, you love do it because oftentimes that can help kind of get you into a place where you can think a little bit more rationally about, okay, what's going on right now and who do I need to talk to? But you say that, I mean, Talking is going to be a really important part of this, but you, but don't force yourself, like get to a place where you feel comfortable being able to identify your feelings and, and finding that person that you can trust to talk to about it.
4: Totally. And it's so nice to know that like everyone copes and deals with it in their own time. Mm -hmm. Like just even trying not to compare like, oh, well this person did this exercise or this, whatever. And they were able to come like overcome it within, I don't know, a month but it just may take you five months or you know it's just like it's nice Mm -hmm. to know that there's no time limit and everything you're going through is on your own time and that's something that i'm trying to give myself a little bit of a break on just not to compare and stuff just because it's tough and everyone's allowed to you know heal in their own time of course
5: of course and i'm proud of you oh thank (laughs) you i think i what i wanted to touch on because you know being in the public eye social media is um very hard for us teenagers especially um the body image issues and we talked about this on one of our podcasts but it's definitely a thing that we all compare ourselves to others um so do you have Any tips or advice on that issue? Um, I feel like everyone can relate to it, and I don't think it'll ever go away, but...
3: I don't don't think it will at all. I it's it's I'm smiling because it's both such an important question. And in some ways I want to turn it back to you and have you tell me, you know, I'm not a teenager right now. And, (laughs) um, and I also go through it as a 40 something, right? Mm. Like it doesn't. Um, but as you said, like, it's never going to go away. I, you know, so I have kids, I have young kids and I have spent some time talking to my like 10 year old, like really young who is interested in getting social media. Um, I, I, had her scroll through my feed And I told her, I was like, well, like, look at all the stuff that I have on my feed. Did I post about the times that like I was yelling at you or that your sister was having a tantrum Mm -hmm. or that we took a picture and everybody looked like crap or our eyes were closed? No. What you see on my, and you know, everything about me as your mom, what you see on my feed is like all of the glitz and glamour and everybody's smiling everybody's happy. And so you need to know that that's what everybody's doing. Right. And, and it's easy to like, see and understand and intellectually but when all you're seeing on a feed is what looks like perfection,
5: right. it's totally. really
3: hard to remember it. And so my recommendation for everybody is to remember what you put on your feed to then remember how other people are censoring what they have on their feed too, right? And then the easiest solution is to say, like, walk away, don't look at it. But, but that's not necessarily reality. Like that's that's your life. And, and it's especially your lives, but it's for everybody who's on social. Of course. Like, that's how we're developing friendships and connections. Totally. But as much as you can intellectually remember how censored your stuff is, it can help you then broaden that to realize that like, that's really what you're looking at. Um, but it's hard. There is no one good solution. And it's something that we've been working through, um, for a long time. And, and I'm curious, like what, how would you answer that question?
4: Yeah, I, that's such a good point. I mean, Instagram is just essentially a highlight reel for everyone. Um, I don't know if you know this Kenzie, I think maybe I told you, but I, a few days ago deleted the Instagram app. Um, I have. I still have the account, but I just really noticed myself uh, going into a pattern of every time I'm going through an anxious moment, I'll have an anxiety attack and it gets really, really bad. And my first initial reaction is to, OK, distract my mind, go on Instagram, start scrolling really, really fast to kind of get your mind off of the anxious moment that you're going through. But then it ends up just making me extremely tense and even more anxious just because now I'm not only dealing with what I'm going through but I'm also now comparing myself and thinking oh their life looks so good or whatever it may be and so I kind of had a moment where I just quickly deleted the app and I feel so much better in the morning knowing that I don't wake up and instantly go and just check what everyone else is doing it's helped a lot, even just in a short amount of time. Um, and I, I honestly suggest a lot of people to try and do that. I know Kenzie's done it a bunch mm-hmm. and it's, it's really beneficial. It really is.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think it's very refreshing um, once in a while to just get rid of a lot of your social media apps because we all just need a second to be in the real world. I feel like I'm always just trapped in this bubble where everything is on my phone Mm -hmm. And I feel like I just need some time away from my phone. I'm like, I don't need it anymore, but
3: yeah, I love that. I think, I mean, it's, if you can do it, if you can, if you can take it off your phone, um, and give yourself the break and, and maybe it's a, a one day break one week. And then the next day you can, you know, you can go to 36 hours the next week or whatever it may like build it up for yourself,
5: Right.
3: remind yourself that you can, um, you can live an awesome life off of your phone and then you can reintroduce it as it makes sense. And, you know, you don't have to stop altogether, but um, sometimes it's that, that reminder that like, I have a great life off, off of my phone too. And I actually don't miss out on all that much. If I'm not, if I'm not with my friends on phone or whatever it may be. So I love
4: that. Yeah. And, and how do you feel about now after, you know, all of us being in the pandemic and the last two years being so crazy and I I mean, I th- I've i had this conversation with a lot of people. I'm interested in how you feel just like kind of the social anxiety of going back to in person. I mean, now it's tricky, you know, with the variant and everything. But just like yeah. even in the situation of like, oh, my gosh, I haven't really connected with this m- many people in a long time. How do I have a conversation and not feel awkward? Like yeah. that has been kind of tricky, even for yes. me. Which yeah. I, yeah. I don't know.
3: No, it's, it's, I mean, it's real, like you're identifying something that we've really seen is this um, anxiety of coming back and, and, you know, the big joke that introverts really have loved the past two years, cause we've had the ability totally. to, to be at home and not have to be social, but um, for both for people who have been really happy where they are, or those who really have, have missed the social interaction. It's really hard to go to a coffee shop now and like, mm-hmm. remember how to talk to people. And if somebody wants to come in and give you a hug, this like really awkward of, do I touch you or not? Um, and again, like going back to the very first question, live into it. Like know that that's okay. And what Mm -hmm. you're feeling is both okay and normal. And, um, a, none of us have been through this before, but b, like, this is not a, you've never separated from people for years and then been expected to go back to like a normal life. So ease yourself back into it in whatever way feels comfortable to you. If you really don't feel comfortable going to that party or that gathering or whatnot, Like give yourself permission to say no this time, set a goal for yourself to go next time so that you don't find yourself in a cycle that you're not happy with, but, but recognize that we, we can't go from zero to a hundred. That's going to be just as hard as it was going from a hundred to zero. And we all know how, how miserable we were, you know, in late March of 2020. So, (laughs) um, like it's, it's a real feeling and it's okay. Feeling it's a normal feeling. Um, at active minds, we have these bracelets, um, they're green, yellow, and red bracelets, the silicone bracelets that we Hand out. And the idea is if you're wearing a green bracelet, it means like I'm comfortable. Feel free oh, to shake my hand that. or give me a hug if we're doing that. Yellow is, you know, like. I'm out, but like, let's, let's, let's fist bump. <laughs> yeah. And red is, I, I would love to interact with you, but let's keep our distance. I'm not, I'm still not feeling very comfortable. Like if you need to do something like that, do it, like I, put it out on the sun, your sleeve that. so that you don't have to. Yeah. So that you can own it and, and know that it's okay.
4: What a great idea. Yeah. I wish the whole world had those bracelets. Yeah, that is well. so smart. Um, that's such a great idea. I love that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's tricky because you, you want to respect everyone's boundaries and, uh, you know, you don't want to overstep. And I think that's a really good way to even like going back to like, even if we have to ask the uncomfortable questions, like, is it okay if I hug you? Even things as simple as that. Right. um, It's important important to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also like kind of touching back on like, if someone's going through an anxious moment, something I remember, um, I had, we both at the time had a therapist that we're not with anymore, but, uh, kenzie was really going through it uh and i wasn't at the time and something that she kind of helped me do with kenzie was just to kind of squeeze her arm and kind of work down her arm to kind of calm her down um and i was just wondering if like there's any sort of like other techniques that are comforting if someone doesn't feel open to talking is there a way that they can comfort them kind of just even just being there
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, my first answer is going to be like, ask the person when he or she is not in that moment. (laughs) Hey, like I've noticed you get there what feels right and what feels good because Mm -hmm. I think one of the important things is everybody is going to be different right like everybody has different coping skills and everybody also in the moment either wants to be touched or not. Grounding is a really important part of being in panic um, and, and being in an anxiety and, and panic attack. And so helping ground either physically, um, or if you're seeing it in yourself to just like look around and notice points around yourself, um, those are gonna all be really important components of it. Um, but I think the thing that I would I would recommend, um, and, and you said it Maddie, it's, it's have the uncomfortable conversations, but realize like they don't, the only reason they're uncomfortable is because nobody's taught us how to have them. They're mm-hmm. actually like totally normal questions in yeah. the same way of like hey, you have a broken foot, what can I do to help you? Right? <laughs> like hey, like you when I when you're not you know, when you're not you or when you're having a panic attack, what's the most helpful thing that that shouldn't be an uncomfortable question. And the more you ask it, the more normal it feels. Right. And like that's mental health. But so far we have like been raised to like not talk about anything until it gets to be really, really, really bad. Mm -hmm. But if we can make these kind of questions and conversations in the moment, they don't have to be uncomfortable. So, um, you know, the arm grounding through an arm is really, is really helpful. And just being present, some people really want to feel that weight um, Mm. and and others don't want to be touched at all. And I think that's why I would say ask, Um, but ask when somebody is doing well and you have that kind of relationship where they feel comfortable that they can open up to you.
5: Right. Wow. That's awesome.
4: That's great advice.
5: Well, thank you um we are going to be having allison on for episode two we're doing a part two so stay tuned we're going to be asking her way more questions thank you so much for being on this was really important topic to talk about so thank you um but yeah
3: thanks such a pleasure thank you guys so much for having me on oh my gosh we're so happy to have you
5: thank you
4: thanks so much for taking 20 with us If you had fun, please give us five stars. You can follow us on Instagram at Take20Podcast. Email us at Take20 at iHeartRadio.com.
5: Or you can call us at 844 for Take20. See you next time. Bye.